that driving feeling Oh, that driving feeling Christian Carguy Radio Show I say this calls for action and now Nip it in the bud Nip it in the bud You got to nip it in the bud Halo. <laughs> what Halo cars represent in you today on the Christian car? Yeah, that whole concept of a Halo. What Halo cars represent in you? You know, Halos, cars, and Halos in general are amazing things. I am thinking by the end of the show today, you will agree that you got one. You have a Halo, and it's a critical thing. Um, to your identity and to understanding some things about God. I'm really, really excited to share the stuff God has shared with me this week. So to get everyone on the same page first, let me explain the branding strategy of Halo Cars. I don't know if you're familiar with the term, but it's a branding strategy that, that, that I think General Motors perfected years ago and other people have taken them up on it. So it works with branding. And oh, by the way, I think you'll see it was God's idea originally. <laughs> So when you're looking to make a profit, which most car companies are, if you get down inside of them and you spend any time with them, you're going to find out that profit is what it's about. So halo cars are not necessarily profitable ideas, right? When you're looking to make a profit in auto manufacturers, halo cars are actually big time losers. The Corvette, the Viper, those kind of things, they don't make many of them. They're big time losers, yet they remain in the lineup simply the only reason they're in the lineup is to bring a halo to the brand name. In other words, you know, the Corvette shines brightly over the entire Chevy lineup or the Dodge Viper really brought some image back to the Dodge lineup. And if, if you're me, if you're Robbie Dillmore, the Buick GSX did, you know, it, what it brought to the Buick lineup for me was amazing when I was a kid and I saw that GSX for the first time. So Limited production, high quality, high content, those things mean high cost. I mean, those things are expensive with little chance to recover the expense, right? So you've got limited production. You're not going to sell many of these cars. How are you going to recover all the expense to make, you know, the prototypes and to, to, to create all the, the parts to make this car? And you're only going to make, you know, 4,000 of them. How are you going to recover that expense? Well, the idea is that the halo will bring Chloe to the whole brand. So image and identity, a brand that loses its image, a brand that loses its identity dies. Notably, unfortunately, for those of us who love certain car lines, you know, think of Pontiac. They lost their identity. They died. Oldsmobile, Studebaker, the list would go on and on of cars that lost their identity. But as opposed to that, think of 
brands that have phenomenal identity, resilient identity. You know, Jeep is a perfect example of that, whether <laughs> Kaiser owned it or <laughs> Willys owned it or American Motors owned it or even <laughs> what kind of thing. The French owned it for a period of time, but whoever's owned Jeep, because the brand is so strong, because it has that strong identity. I, I was looking at a Jeep commercial last night, and they still show you out on the four-wheel drive. You know, they still show you out as, as you know, that adventure that makes Jeep. Well, guess what? The enemy of your soul knows all this well. And, and his temptations, right, if you dig into them, at the core of them, you're going to find he has been coming after your identity. He comes after everybody's identity. And, and clearly, he, he came after Pontiac's identity in Oldsmobile's at some point. But look at how he came after Jesus in the wilderness time and again. And you'll see it was clearly he was going after Jesus' identity. What did he say? If you are the son of God. Like, you're not really the son of God, Jesus. If you're the son of God, tell these stones become bread. If you're the son of God, throw yourself down. You know, if that's who you really are, because Satan is coming after Jesus' identity. And dig it a little deeper into the third temptation, and you're going to see the identity is at the core of that as well. All these things I will give to you if you fall down and worship me. The question is, would the Son of God take a shortcut to the kingdom? And fortunately for all of us, <laughs> the answer is no, not the Son of the Father. And I believe inside Jesus' identity, there is at the heart sonship. And opening up that just really just was a blessing to me this week. It's unbelievable. I started studying the word son, which in Hebrew is ben or bar. You may have, have seen that in, in, in different translations. But it's Strong's number H1121. And if you look inside that Strong's concordance and see one of the things that a son does, and when you think about it, it's a builder of the family name. A son is a builder of the family name, and it comes from the Hebrew concept of the rib that was taken out of Adam, built Eve. And, and at the root of the word son is this builder. And so God built Eve out of this rib of Adam, and he is still building his name. Oh, you know, <laughs> yep. You know, when you think about it, you are the halo car, you personally. You are the halo car for your family name. Low production, right? There's only one of you. <laughs> High cost. Oh, man, did it cost a lot to make you. I think of what Jesus paid for you. And quality, right? And high content. In Psalm 139, it said, you are fearfully and wonderfully made, to quote Psalm 119. Well, spend a moment with me on the fact that you were fearfully made. And just, just think about that word fearfully. Well, it's the same word that they use for the fear of the Lord. That's right. You strike awe. You have a halo. And when you are fully in your identity the way God made you, you will strike awe. And you know it's true because when you were born, everybody looked at you and they went, aw. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to do that. God gave me that this morning. I just laughed and laughed. But it, it, no, it, it really is true that you have a halo, a special sauce. God designed you to reflect a unique part of his glory. He really did. And if you don't reflect that glory, no one else can. You are unique, and you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And you have his glory. It shines. Think about 
Moses' face coming down the mountain, was that not a halo? <laughs> you got the same thing. It's in there like Prego spaghetti sauce. It's in there. You have a halo. And it is for the purpose of building God's brand if you're a Christian, right? If you're a Christian and you've become a son of the Father, right? Galatians 3.26, if you're a son, then you are building the family name. And you're going to do that through reflecting him through your halo, the way that God designed you, that special sauce. So Jesus, the ultimate son and the ultimate builder of the family name, right, was the halo of halo cars. Yet that halo, that identity of yours, like Jesus, has been attacked your whole life. And really one of the secrets to discovering your halo, because you've got to get that thing polished up, <laughs> One of the secrets to discovering your halo is to analyze the assault that's been on your life your entire life. I'm going to tell you a story along those lines coming up in today's show. But I would love a halo experience. I'm going to share some halo experiences with me where God allowed you to come into your glory and, and do something that really kind of blew you away. And, and not only did other people get to see God's glory in you, but in a way, those halo experiences that you've had in your life show you what God put in you, which allows you to walk further into that identity, that glow that builds the family name. So on today's show, I would love to hear your halo story, really, or your thoughts on what I'm talking about. 866-348-7884. Maybe you've got a halo car that just wowed you and you can see that and you want to share your ideas on that. 866-348-7884. We would love to hear what you have to say on that. Of course, we want to point you, as always, to the ChristianCarGuy.com website, where you're going to find the Jesus Labor Love single uh, car repair labor for single moms, widows, and families in crisis. And, of course, you know, we have the prayer request there, how you can apply for assistance. It's all there at ChristianCarGuy.com, as well as Christian Car Guy Theater, our latest episodes, all those podcasts, and then the car show calendar for October, right? All the car shows, you wouldn't believe there may be a thousand car shows we've got posted there at the car show calendar for October at ChristianCarGuy.com. But right now, as the break is coming, when you come back, I would love for you to call 866-348-7884. Share your halo story when we come back. about your halo what about halo cars that's what we're talking about today on the christian car guys show how the halo car branding strategy was really kind of god's idea <laughs> and he built an, a halo into each and every one of us according to psalm 139 14 right you were fearfully you struck awe when you were born <laughs> you were fearfully and wonderfully made and you still streak, strike awe when you begin to walk into the identity that God gave you, that's his special sauce, right, that you have, that only you have, that you can uniquely do. I would love to hear, I really would, would you have the courage to call us and tell us when God gave you a chance to walk into that identity and you saw the halo that you had no idea that you had, <laughs> and you just 
end up praising God for it. We would love to hear those stories, but you got to call us, 866-348-7884. Now, I, you know, I've shared the story before how, you know, I ended up doing the Christian Car Guys show, but I, I can't help but now marvel at all the ways that God has <laughs> worked on my halo <laughs> since I was a young man. And I, I've never shared this story on the, on, on the air before, but God brought it to my mind this morning as, as, as sort of a halo experience that I, I never really had put together. But years ago, I was a car salesman at Les Schellebarger Chevrolet in Grand Junction, Colorado. Um, the town was actually going bankrupt because Exxon had pulled out. I think this was 1981. And so there was a lot of bad stuff going on. But Chevy that year had the national walk-around competition. And the idea was that every salesperson in every showroom in America would have a chance to show, their, show off their skill at presenting a car or a truck. There was a, a car championship and a truck camp championship, and they just come out with the S10. And I really liked that car, and I'd always loved how to present a car well. And so, you know, God kind of encouraged me, even though I'm not a public speaker at this point at all, and it whole thing kind of unnerved me. But I thought I could do that. I could, I could present a car because I'm just presenting it to, you know, the, my fellow people in the in the dealership. So the idea was the first round of the competition, you had to beat all the salespeople in your particular dealership. And Les Schellebarger at that time probably had 12 or 14 salespeople. And, you know, I thought, well, you know, at least in there putting a $100 bonus on her. So I was like, well, I'll go for it, you know. And so I really studied and, and, and I did um, the S10 and they, and they brought that out and, and I did it and I won the, the dealership. Well, the next level, you had to go to the zone, the Denver zone, because we were in Colorado. And so I had to compete against all the other salespeople in the Denver zone. And this time it was a little different in that you didn't know which truck was coming out and you were kind of in a soundproof room and then they would bring you in and then in would come your truck that you had to do the presentation for. And fortunately for me, it once again was the Chevy S10 truck, which I loved and I knew that truck backwards and forwards. I, I think I knew all the polymers and the taillights. That's how I knew that car. And so, you know, I... I gave the presentation and I was blown away. I mean, I was literally blown away when I won the entire Denver zone, which meant that, oh goodness, now you're going to have to go to the regional competition, which was in Phoenix, Arizona. Now here I, I'm, I'm a salesman at Les Salabarga. I never would have dreamed in a million years that God would take me on this particular adventure. So I went to Phoenix. The dealer was so excited that I was going. He bought me a brand new suit, brand new shoes, so I would look, look really good. And I went down there, and, you know, again, they had us in the soundproof booth, and once again, wow, out comes the Chevy S10. And, you know, I was so excited to present that car and, and gave my presentation. And, wow, I won the region. I couldn't believe it. And when I won the region, I won a trip to Hawaii. I won all sorts. I mean, it was a big deal. And it was huge. And it meant that I got to go to Detroit and give my presentation and toward in front of the president of General Motors. And as a matter of fact, they were going to do um, a video um, that they would show all the salesmen in the country of how to do a, the white rock walk around around these different vehicles. So the next thing I know, you know, all of the Denver zones behind me, of course, the Western regions behind me, because they're flying me to Detroit <coughs> to do this walk around competition. 
which is still just blowing my mind, but it clearly <laughs> was God was showing me something about one of the giftings he had given me, which was, you know, to be able to present, to be able to speak well. And so, this is a funny story. We get in there, and at the time, Chevy made <coughs> a pickup truck that was a 350 diesel, which I don't think there are many lemons in this world, but that particular truck was a lemon, and I had sold <coughs> several of them, and the people, they were just disasters. The heads would crack. They wouldn't start when it was cold. There were all kinds of problems because Chevy had not done their homework. They hadn't really tested the engine. They tried to make a diesel engine out of a gas engine. It just, it was a flop. And so I'm sitting in the soundproof booth, supposedly, <laughs> waiting on the car that they're going to be bringing it, brought in to, for me to present. And I hear the clitter clatter of this diesel <laughs> truck. <laughs> And I don't know if you've ever heard me say this, but it's a Robbieism. The first and most important sale you make is the one you make to yourself. And so since I was sold on the S10, I could sell the S10. But I was not sold on a 350 diesel heavy pickup at all. And here I was face to face with having to present this vehicle. And as you might guess, I lost. Which is really okay, because now when I look back on it, I think, you know what? God was showing me something about the gifting that he had given me, and it, and it built in me a confidence to be able to be in front of people and to speak that I really did not have before. I mean, they had cameras and makeup and all that stuff, and little did I know as my life would progress that that halo experience would be a, a big part of how God would use me to promote the family name, right, to build the family name as a son. So in hearing that story, I wonder about your halo experience. I'm not the only one that's had one of these. Obviously, Moses had one because he certainly had a glow on as he came down the mountain. As you've been able to walk into your glory and, and God sh made you shine like the sun somehow and you realized it was him, I would love to hear your story. We need it. I'm the only one here today, so I need you to share 866-348-7884. 866-34-TRUTH. We got halo stories and all sorts of stories when we come back. Stay tuned. Talking halos today on the Christian Car Guys show, and I'm so excited. I've got a story coming up from Linda in Greenville, South Carolina. She's got a halo story for us. Linda, you're on the Christian Car Guys show. Good morning. Good morning to you. And um, I love the, the uh, example you used about building the family name. I had never thought about that before, but that is exciting. It really is. I really just, like that a lot. I do, too. Um well, my story is, and I'm not, I, I have never been able to identify um, what my halo thing is or what my gift is, um, but I know what the Lord, what I love to do, and um, it brings me such great joy to do it. I figure that that's got to be from God. Oh, yeah. So 
I was saved when I was 30. And um, I'm 81 now. Oh, wow. And <laughs> for the last 50 years, I have just had the best time um, using this, whatever this is, you know, the halo or the gift or whatever it is. But I love to um, witness to people. And um, I call them uh, divine appointments because when I go out, um, they just sort of happen. And um, I put out tracts in grocery stores and department stores, wherever I go. I put out um, gospel tracts. And um, one day I was coming through um, the Walmart, and um, one of the workers was holding one of the tracts that I had put out previously. And uh, she looked at me and she said, um, you know, this is so strange because one of my co-workers came up to me and said, look what I found on the shelf. And uh, she said, I think you need this, told her co-worker, I think you need this. Wow. And she said, um, well, I think you need this. <laughs> I'm just standing here listening to all of this. And um, she said, um, actually, I'm already a Christian. And so I don't need this, but you need to read this. So you just take this and read it. And um, I said, "Well, that's just wonderful." I said, "When when did you when were you saved?" So she stood right there, gave me her testimony, the whole thing. She said, "You know, I, I wonder who put this right out." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Well, that would be me." <laughs> so we just had this wonderful time of fellowship. And she didn't need even unbeknownst to her, she had already witnessed to her co-worker by handing her the track. Of course. But things like this, these kind of things happen all the time. And it's an adventure to me to go out because I never know what's going to happen. They'll be in parking lots or uh, restaurants or people will overhear conversations and then want to engage me in the conversation about Jesus. And, um, you know... Uh, being born again and living in in God's light is the most exciting adventure that anybody could ever have. And, and, and um, Linda, I just have to tell you that you reflect that light really, really well. Anybody listening could hear the joy in your voice and the peace in your voice. And, 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 and clearly, you're shining. I mean, as people would see you, you know, they would feel that light. They would feel that halo. They're, they're going to feel comfortable. But there's an interesting thing. I, I had a dear friend. His name was Lester, and he was, he was like 87, and he was very much like you. And that every day he would tell me some story about how he would pray, and God would put somebody in his path, and he would have that divine appointment, the very same thing. And he had the same joy that you have. It, it, it was like, oh, man. And it was so clear. You know, for those on the outside looking at the halo and going, that's why it happens, because who wouldn't want to come up to this man and find out, you know, their story? Because you can see it. It's it. You can feel it. It's it's right there, Linda. And I, I would just commend that the, it, your halo is shining really brightly when you're out there doing that. And that's attractive as it can be. Well, and yours is, too, because I hear the joy in your um, your voice. And uh, your laughter is contagious. And so it's, it's just to know what, I mean, I, I don't even think we have to put a name to it necessarily, whatever it is, but to be able to experience um, God working through us is 
more fun than money can buy. And and in that cool, you, you bring out an amazing point that, that I have just been marveling in ever since I saw it. The builder of the family name, the Galatians three twenty six. We're all sons. You know, it it doesn't matter our gender <laughs> because when you're out there, Linda, you you you're clearly building the family name, and. It, it, you know, I, I realize that physically, in order, you know, to build a family name in the, in the art culture, you know, the, the male's name passes on to whatever. And so, you know, my son recently had two boys, and I was so excited because I was like, okay, the family name's going forward. But that's that's nowhere near as cool, is it? Well, I I, I just praise the Lord, I really do, and um, I'm just excited about the opportunity that. God thinks me worthy to use me in any way he wants to and to give me so much joy while I'm doing it. Well, so I just thank you for your oh, program. Thank you, Linda. Thank you. You made my day. I am so excited that you called in. I hope others will call as well. God bless you. Thank you. Oh, God bless you, too, and I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. There's a brave soul. Now, you know a story. You know about it. Call us. I know, it's a little hard to speak about your own gifting. I understand that. But as you could tell from her testimony, it brings the Father glory and it builds the family name. So call us, 866-348-7884. 866-34-TRUTH is the number. And, you know, I mentioned that there's another aspect to this, that your identity, your way that you are a son that builds the family name has been under attack. The enemy does not like what's going on whatsoever to walk into your identity. And so if you look at some of the tags that people have put on you your whole life, um, there you're going to find from that point of attack perhaps an idea of what God made in you uniquely and wonderfully. And... Uh, one time I, I, I asked Jesus uh, after a boot camp that we had gone through the masculine journey, you know, what he called me, and he, he said he called me faithful. Well, when I went back and studied, and I didn't really buy that idea originally. <laughs> I was like, really, God, I don't get a cooler name than faithful? I'm like, you know, that sounds like a geyser or a dog or something. And, and, and he was like, work with me here, Robbie. That's really a good word. It's a, it's a neat thing. And as I started to study the attacks on my life and all the betrayal, I saw that that part of my identity had been under attack my entire life. And so therein lies a little bit of that as well. Well, we have Roxanne is in Germantown, North Carolina. I would love to hear your story. Roxanne, you're on the Christian Car Guy Show. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Robbie. How are you, sir? I am excited to hear your story. Well, let's see here. Oh, my goodness. You know, my, the Lord saved me, what, I ate? 18, but before I got saved, I discovered that I was afraid of heights. I would stand on the second floor looking at down on the balcony, and my knees would shake, and I would get really scared. I would have to step back. Well, then the Lord comes along, right, and he saves me. Well, the fear doesn't go away. And uh, then I had my first child, and then my second child, and I asked the Lord, I said, well, how am I supposed to teach my children to be brave? If I, am a, if I am afraid of heights, even the second floor scares me, Lord. So um, I started praying for this. And this verse, for I can do all things through Christ, 
who gives me strength. That was the one. So I started going. Um, I lived in California back then, and there's this park called um, uh, Magic Mountain. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, I've been and, there. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's, it's magic. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided, I said, Lord, I can do all things through Christ to give me strength. And um, I, there's this elevator that goes all the way to the top, but there's only glass. I mean, it goes way high. So I said, Lord, I'm going to do this. I can do all things through Christ to give me strength. And that must have been maybe 1920. So I went up and down that elevator. Did you say 1920? Yes, I was. Uh, <laughs> yes, I was scared. I was scared. And um, that birth and that experience, and I realized that sometimes the fear might not go away because Satan will always fight against us. Uh, the God is victorious every time. You know, that verse has taken me to this day, victory after victory after victory. You know, I, um, I would love to, we got to go to a break, Roxanne, but I really want, if you wouldn't mind, stay with me through the other side of the break. I'd like to dig into yes, that sir. a little bit more. How fun. And plus, i got to yes, find sir. out about 1920. <laughs> so fun. When we come back, stay tuned. talking halos today on the Christian Car Guy show. <laughs> and when you think about that particular song, they always show halos to be round. I don't know. I have no idea. But I just think that a lot of times we have to turn, turn to the right in order to kind of get a feel of where we're going, where Jesus is actually working in our life to build that identity, to make us you know, the builders of the family name. So we got Roxanne is still with us in Germantown. And Roxanne, I'm so glad during the break I had a listener uh, text me that what you had said was when you were 19 or 20, I thought you had said in 1920. So <laughs> I was like, holy mackerel. Uh, that was a long time ago. If you were at Magic Mountain in 1920, I didn't even know it was back then. But you were 19 or 20 at Magic Mountain. And I love... You know, Philippians 4.13, the setup for that, Paul is talking about, I've learned to be content in all things. And to be content when you're up at a height, when you're scared to death. And, and have you ever heard me tell the story of how I used to be afraid of the dark, Roxanne? No, I have not. Well, similarly, right? Here, I, I, I didn't come to Christ till I was in my 30s, and... I was terrified of the dark, and my wife, who's five feet tall, would tell you that if there was a noise in the house, Robbie's sending her. <laughs> I was a big chicken, and I would be terrified. And I you know, was new in the faith, and my wife and children had gone to Pennsylvania to visit some friends, and I was left in a, this house 
in Winston-Salem that was real creepy. A lot of trees in the yard. You can picture it, the stormy night, the thunder and lightning, it's dark. And I am absolutely terrified. And like you, I just looked up and I said, God, I know this is supposed to be sin for me to be afraid. And I just, I don't know what to do this, but somehow I'm supposed to give it to you. So tell me, how do I give you this fear? I just want to give it to you because I know that it's wrong. And, and he, he said to me, Robbie, what's the worst thing that could happen? And I was like, well, somebody could come in here with a knife and, ah, you know, straight you know, I'm, you know, like shower scenes time or whatever, you know? And, and he, and he says to me, Robbie, what would be so bad about that? And all of a sudden I realized that, oh, you're threatening me with Jesus. <laughs> you're threatening oh. me with heaven. I mean, and, and, and that's how I began to work through that um, story and, and to add a little comedy to it, Roxanne, about three months ago, maybe four months ago, somebody that was actually high on drugs climbed up on the roof of our house. And I was the one that actually went outside <laughs> and wow. confronted him in the middle of the night when it was dark. And my wife was like, wow, you've come a long way. <laughs> wow. This is too bad. But anyway, I would love, you were going to tell me more of how, how you learn to be content through well, um, God I who gives you far, strength. Yeah. I went as far as to, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> oh my goodness, uh, skydiving. Really? Really? And, um, and, and I did it and I said, you know what, Lord? I said, I have to be able to tell my children that I can do all things through Christ, which is my strength. And if I trust in you, I said, that has got to reflect in what I do. And, um, and I did. The scariest part for me was when I was on one knee and for seconds, it was not like, it was like three, four seconds and waiting to jump out. That was the scariest. I said, I looked down and said, oh my God, Lord, I made the wrong decision and wow, here I go. <laughs> and you know, it took me through the, it took me through the military. Uh, when we were going to go on the, uh, in the, uh, that gas chamber. And we, I was waiting to go in, and I kept looking at my shipmates coming out crying. And, ah! and you know, I said, oh, my goodness. And I remember, I can do all things through Christ. I said, Lord, here I go. I know you want to give me strength, and you want to show me that your power is absolutely outmost, highest power. And I went in, and I remember standing there. And, uh, and I remember what my um, petty officer said to me says it is don't uh what's that word don't panic don't panic and in reality fear takes over you and gives you that panic and then i said okay so i stood there and i remember i said i'm not gonna die i'm not gonna die it's gonna go away and you know what i went through it i went out and i was very very thankful so it's taken me through a lot of Victory. Well, I, 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 I'm just going to, I'm going to go out another limb here and, and, and try to just observe what I see in the, in the way of your halo, Ro Roxanne, that it's, yes, it's pretty obvious. <clears throat> Maybe it's not to everybody, but it is to me. Number one, to call into a radio show takes phenomenal courage. 
Yes, it does. Because every time I call you, I'm like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't. And, and, and so, and it, and it sounds like your courage has been attacked your whole life. And so I'm going to say that part of your <clears throat> glory, part of your halo, that God is the special sauce that God has given Roxanne, is you're courageous. I mean, you are courageous, which I don't think courage has to do with not realizing that there's something to be afraid of. Courage has to do with walking in Christ and, and, and realizing he's the one that gives us strength to go through that stuff. So, wow, I love it. That's what I think is going on. But thank you for allowing me to share this with you. Oh, you know I love it. You know I love it. Thank you, Roxanne. God bless. I appreciate you calling God, so much. God bless you, sir. Thank you. Well, once again, uh, <laughs> these stories just, just make my day. And I think of all the different ways that God has made us all uniquely and wonderfully made. And if I could share this, this last story, which you may think I'm nuts, but it really, really just makes me think, that is so cool, God. That is so cool. I have a friend who sees angels at times, and he'll tell me, and whether or not you believe him or not, I can assure you he believes he sees him. And he says one day he was in church and he was, you know, the, it was really a great worship experience. And all of a sudden he saw this like whole cloud of angels. And he said, Robbie, they were kind of like minnows in a pool. When you throw a piece of bread, they were like, you know, flying over there. Then they would, there would be a, a, a big glow of light and then they would go, and, and they were going across the sanctuary, like wherever the light would flash, then the angels would go. Well, I think what he, he asked the Lord what, for an interpretation on that, and what he felt it was, was is that people would come into their glory. When their halo would emerge, when their Moses, you know, shine would come on, you see, they're going to reflect something that nobody ever gets to see. The angels long to see that stuff, and they get to see an aspect of God that only can be done when you reflect that special sauce that you have. And so what my friend saw was something that the angels are longing to look into. And that is your halo. You were fearfully, <laughs> aw, <laughs> you were fearfully, there's some awe in you, I'm telling you. And the angels are longing to look into that. And so as we process our identity, let's not be like Pontiac and fall on our face. Let's, let's figure out how to, how to get into our identity, walk into that, and so that we can advance, right, the family name, the name of Christ. That's right, we're Christians. And advancing the family name is what we as sons do. Well, I just had so much fun with this this morning. I really did. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for all the stations that carry the show. Uh, I would urge you to go to ChristianCarGuy.com. Check out the Jesus Labor Love. We did help several moms and widows this weekend, this week. Yeah, go to ChristianCarGuy.com for more of that. And remember, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went, got it all done in 33 years. Thanks again. You're listening to The Truth Network and TruthNetwork.com. How can you be a part of reaching 60 million lost souls in Central Asia with the gospel? Stay tuned. True Commentary with Stu Epperson, author of the book, Last Words of Jesus. John Somerville with Transworld Radio, we're honored at the Truth Network to partner with you to reach souls across Asia 
Tell us what's happening real quick and how our listeners can jump on board this give back. Right in the heart of Central Asia, we are putting a 200,000 watt AM transmitter to reach over 60 million people. You can be a part of it when you pick up that phone and give us a call. $8, $10, every penny goes toward a nonprofit to reach souls in Asia. What's the number to call, John? 800-880-4TWR, 800-880-4897. Or just go to truthnetwork.com. There's a big link there. True Commentary with Stu Epperson, author of the book, Last Words of Jesus. Available now in bookstores. Learn more at lastwordsofjesus.com.